Anchor FM is one of the best ways to make and distribute your podcasts. Their online creative tools can allow you to make your podcasts from home and on the go. Anchor will also help you get your podcast sponsored with no minimum listenership and help you make money while doing your podcast. And distribution is the easiest thing ever. I've used many different distribution sites. Anchor so far has been the best. And they can get you on every major distribution site out there. They can take your RSS feed, whether you're creating a new one or if you're just moving a show from another platform, sign up for Anchor at anchor.fm now. And when you get there, Make sure you pay attention to everything they tell you to do, and they'll help make your podcast great and help make you some money. Again, head on over to Anchor.fm now. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and afternoon for those of you on the East Coast, and welcome to the first edition of the new season of Wide Men Can't Score, as we have a look at the upcoming NHL season, and we're going to start it off this week by having a look at uh, some players' movement, uh, the UFA and RFA situation. Of course, as uh, you well know, um, if you listen to the uh, Wide Men Network, we got a great thing for our intros never playing on time. And uh, today, no exception is the can't score intro has not played. So we'll have to see what the problem is there with blog talk. But anyway, let's move on to the hockey. We got a great season shaping up. Uh, A lot of player movement, some interesting moves, some interesting signings, um, some unbelievable players who are not signed, uh, both RFAs and UFAs. It's crazy. Um, so let's go right to that. Uh, this morning's news, uh, Joe Thornton re-signs with the uh, San Jose Sharks, uh, $2 million for one season. Um, Thornton is 40 years old, but did put up uh, 50 points in the regular season, I believe 51, and uh, 10 more points in the playoffs. Uh, I, for one, am a little surprised by this. Um, at 40, he's kind of got another groin injury. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that uh, they think he's got anything left. Um, but I guess he brings uh, veteran leadership, and he's really uh, quite the glue in the dressing room, apparently. So I guess that's what they're thinking, and they're going to try try to get him a cup one more time. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I don't think the Sharks have got it. But that's for another day. Uh, let's go right away to the, uh, I guess yesterday, a little bit of news. Um, the Oilers uh, signed Riley Sheehan, uh, but uh, one year, 900 grand. Um, another guy that Edmonton thinks he might get to plug in and uh, try to solve their secondary scoring problems. Um and uh, rumor is that Kyle Brodziak will fail his physical, so he'll be gone. So they need another warm body. Uh, Sheehan really has never been much of a goal scorer. Uh, I'm not really sure what they're expecting to get out of him, but for 900 grand, why not? Take a shot and see what you get. Uh, in recent days, uh, bigger news uh, names uh, 
Kings re-signed Adrian Campy to a million a year. And uh, the Arizona Coyotes. A um, lot of talk about this deal, and depending on how you look at it, uh, they signed Clayton Keller to a eight-year extension for $57.2 million. Uh, that averages out to uh, 7.15 per year on the cap hit. Uh, you know, Clayton Keller only had 47 points last year. Um, I guess they're hoping that he is going to continue to improve and that that 7.15 two years from now will be a steal of a deal. Um, I guess that's the thinking. I mean, I I don't know what else to say about it. Um, I thought it was a little much for a little long, but there again, at least now you're done with it. And, you know, you worry, as they say, you worry about two or three years from now, two or three years from now. So I guess that's the thinking there. Uh, So let's, uh, those are the recent signings. Uh, There's been more, but we'll get to them when we look at the individual teams. Let's go back and uh, let's first, let's start off with the, uh, Unrestricted free agent list. Um, some pretty big names on here, but as most of them are over 30, you have to start to wonder whether they're made, these guys might be done or they're going to be last-minute uh, uh, plug-ins when teams know where their cap's at and what they've got left to spend. Um, notable names, uh, Dion Phaneuf, but 34 years old, coming off of an horrendous season in L.A. Um, Patrick Marlowe, 39. Uh, 37 points last year, but maybe on the decline. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Jake Gardner, he's only 28. This one's a bit of a mystery. Jake Gardner should have been signed already and hasn't been. So there's rumors that he has a handshake deal with the team possibly even Toronto. We're just waiting to see how the uh, Mitch Marner situation unfolds. Uh, we got Mike Stone, another defenseman. Uh, Thomas Vanek, Ben Hutton. Uh, I guess Tobias Ryder, he signed a PTO with Calgary. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Alex Petrovic signed a PTO with Boston. Um Joe Morrow, defenseman. Chris Neal. Not that Chris Neal, the other one. Uh, Magnus Pajardi, who uh, played for the St. Louis Blues, I believe. Uh, then the list just starts to get down a, a little less. But there's still some guys out there. There's some <clears throat> There's some possible plug-ins. Um, not many, but uh, there's always a team that's looking for that low-cost uh, veteran player with some playoff experience. So those guys, uh, you know, they've got a, there's always a chance, but I'm going to guess that a lot of these guys are going to be done. Uh, the NHL is, of course, trending to younger players. Uh, it's just the way it is uh, for less money. You can get those guys on their entry levels for, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars $900,000. That's a pretty cheap way to go. So the 
The UFA says, uh, you know, if you're over 30 and no team wants you or you've been cut loose or bought out or whatever the case may be, you're, you're in trouble. Now, the RFA situation, um, there's never been a time in the history of the NHL where RFAs have been more valuable than they are right now. Um, as proven by the Clayton Keller contract. And we got some huge names and up-and-coming names in the uh, UFA market. Um, starting off with a 21-year-old defenseman from Columbus. 44 points last year. Played 22 minutes a game, almost 23 minutes a game. Uh, that's uh, Zach Wierenski. Um, he's coming off a $925,000 deal. And I think would like to see his money. Um, so far, Columbus has not budged. Uh, they don't have a problem cap space-wise. They've, they've got the money. Um I'm guessing, well, actually, I'm not really sure what the holdup is with the Varensky deal, unless he just wants a ridiculous sum and they're not quite willing to give him that much. Uh, their highest-paid defenseman right now, Seth Jones, he only gets $5.4 million. Um, That might be part of the problem. But they don't want to give this kid, although Seth Jones is only 24, uh, they don't want to give a 22-year-old Varensky, you know, $8 million and have him make a uh, he'd be the highest paid, the highest paid player on the team. Um, Cam Atkinson right now is getting five point eight million, and he's the highest paid player at this point. So, and uh, you know, Columbus is Columbus. Yarmo Kegelainen is well known for his dealing and wheeling and being a little bit of a strange guy. So that one's up in the air. Uh, next though on the list. Uh, we got to move over to Winnipeg. Um, it's uh, Kyle Connor and Patrick Laney. They got two, two big guys. Uh, Sixty-six points for Connor last year. Fifty for Laney. He had an off-season, but thirty of those were goals. Um, almost twenty a minute a game, guys. Uh, the trouble there is that the Jets. Well, they're right going to be right on the cap. They got 16 million left. So, what are you going to pay these two guys? Um, I'm going to guess Patrick Lane is going to want at least seven or eight million dollars, and Connor is well within his rights to ask for the same, probably. And that puts uh, puts the Jets up against it for this year, and then you know they're right in the same spot again next year, where they're going to have. Uh, Seven guys, eight guys they need to resign and not that much money to do it with. Um, I'm not the biggest Patrick Laney fan. I find his, to me, he strikes me as uh, he has moments of laziness where he does not uh, perform. And he's a streaky goal scorer to start with. Um you know, he had 30 goals last year, but I, and I know he had five in one game or something. And a, 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 a chunk of them came all within a, in a month or something. And then he didn't score 
much after that. He was also a minus 24. Um, that never helps. Uh, Kyle Connor, uh, he had, what, 60, 66 points. He was a minus 7. Did that in Winnipeg? Yeah, I, I don't know. All I know is, is that's 64 goals that you either have to replace or you have to suck it up and sign these guys, one of the two. Um, there's nobody left with that kind of firepower in the UFA market. So where does that leave you? Uh, Winnipeg's a small market. You know, it's probably reluctant to cough up that kind of money, but we're probably going to have to. Uh, which takes us a little further west to Calgary, where Matthew Kachuk is patiently waiting. Now, he had 77 points last year. He's coming off his uh, $925,000 entry-level deal. Um, He's put up 174 points in 224 games. Pretty decent. Um, 34 goals last year. Can't argue with that. Trouble there is the Flames have only got $7.7 million in cap space. And they have him to sign, plus Andrew Mangiapani, who apparently they are not even close uh, to any deal coming up with him, although he should be a significant number. But even if he turns out to be, um, you know, even if he's a million, million five, let's say, you suddenly have only got, you know, $6 million worth of cap. And is Kachuk going to pay, you know, is he going to take $6 million? Uh, You know, uh, Clayton Keller just got a ridiculous sum for a long term and for lesser numbers. So what do you do if you are the Winnipeg Jets, or uh, sorry, the Calgary Flames? Um, What do you do if you're the Winnipeg Jets, too, for that matter? But uh, they got some problems there. They also have Spencer Foo, who needs a contract. I'm not sure how high they are on him still, but he's still out there and was a highly touted uh, guy coming out of college or out of uh, the minors. Sorry. Um, I'm not sure what they do with him. And they have to wait until they sign the chip, probably. Now, if we head further west, that takes us out to Vancouver, where the Canucks have got a whopping $4.1 million in cap space, and they still have not signed Mr. Brock Besser. Um, I'm guessing they will have to either trade somebody or drop a, a, maybe they've got somebody who's eligible for uh, LTIR a long-term injury reserve for those who don't know uh, Besser had uh, 56 points last year 26 goals um, a pretty good upside you know, 116 points in 140 games played for the lowly Canucks and uh, only a minus seven on a team that 
bled goals last year. But I also imagine he's going to want big money for big term. And the Canucks don't have it to give right now. So that opens up, you know, well, another big area of discussion. Um, moving on with the list, you got Charlie McAvoy in Boston. Pretty integral part of their team, to be honest. Uh, pretty good defenseman. And they like the way he plays. Uh, but he is uh, due for a huge, in my opinion anyway, a huge uh, uh, raise. And the Bruins, for whatever reason, are kind of stalling on this one. They've only got they've got 7.2 left under the cap. They can afford to pay him, although they've got another defenseman in Brandon Carlo who's not under contract either. Uh, the Bruins are... You know, there again, they're, they're in kind of a boat where they don't really pay one guy any great sum of money. I mean, their high-paid player is uh, David Krejci, and he makes 7.2. And after that, it's Tuka Rask, who makes $7 million. Uh, on the defensive core, I mean, Tory Krug is only getting 5.2. So what are you going to give Charlie McAvoy? I mean, you guys on the team going to be okay with him making seven? which is probably what he should be making. But it puts him in an awkward spot that he's making more than uh, Patrice Bergeron or David Pasternak or Brad Marchand, the, the actual guts of the team. So that may explain why that one has not been dealt with yet because, well, that's, you're putting players and other players in, in a spot there when young guys making more than anybody on the team. It doesn't always go over so well. Um, you travel down the, down into the States and uh, over to uh, Denver, where the uh, Colorado has not re-signed Nick Lorantin yet. It is 87 points, which is going to cost them. Um, they've got 15 mil under the cap, so it's not that they can't afford to pay him. I suspect that they're waiting to see how some of the other snipers' deals turn out before they write a check to Mr. Random. Uh, Miko, like I said, he had uh, 80-some points last year. He's been a pretty solid player for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Career-wise... It was 209 for 239 games, minus 19, although he had one really bad year back back in 2016-17 when Colorado was so abysmal. He was a minus 25, so other than that, though, he's picked his shoes up quite a bit, plus 13 last year. Uh, You know, another 14 points in the playoffs in 12 games. Can't argue with that. That's pretty good production. That's the kind of guy you want on your team, and they're going to have to pay him. It's just a matter of how much. Uh, the Flyers have got a couple of guys. They've got their young defenseman, uh, Ivan Provorov, who I think is a pretty good player and worth paying. And they got Travis Konechny, too, who was also a pretty decent player, 2020 guy last year. Gives you some tough minutes. Um, the trouble with the Flyers is... Uh, 
Well, they've got 13 mil on the cap, but boy, that's cutting there close. Um, I mean, both these guys should be getting, you know, four or five million apiece. And there's room, but it makes it pretty tight for uh, any wiggling, but the, the flyer's well known for the, uh, wheeling and dealing. So there's probably something that's going to have to happen there for those two guys to get signed. Um, rounding out the top bunch of these guys, there's still a few more, but of any significance is uh, Mitch Marner in Toronto. Uh, 94 points last year. 20 minute a game guy. Um, does everything. Uh, disappeared in the playoffs, however. Did not have a good playoff. But he's a Toronto boy. Wants to play in Toronto. Loves Toronto. Leafs love him. They just can't seem to get together on a number. You know, he said 224 points in 241 games, plus 21. Uh, 17 points in 20 playoff games, despite not playing very good last year. Um, I mean, the guy can do it all. It's just a matter of what are they going to pay him? And Toronto notoriously stubborn under Kyle Dubas, as we witnessed last year with the William Nylander saga and how that all played out. They ended up giving him what he wanted, which, if that's the case, I don't know why he didn't give it to him. Uh, same with Marner. Uh, I mean, I'm going to guess that he's going to want 10. Uh, the Leafs have got 10 to give. But that's going to handcuff them and no room to do anything else if they give them the 10. Um, that lineup, uh, I would be tempted to trade somebody myself. I think they've got too many forwards if there's such a thing. And they've got Matthews and Tavares, fine. They got Alexander Kerfoot from, they picked up from Colorado. They got Casper and Kapanen. You've got, then if you throw Marner into that mix and Nylander, and then they got a lot of power up front. They could afford to get rid of a guy, you know, that wants, let's say, you know, Marner wants 10. Well, fine, you give him the 10. Maybe you look at moving Nylander and his 7 million deal, which in a year or two might turn out to be a pretty good deal. And you go get yourself a defenseman, which is really still what Toronto Although they got better with uh, Muzzin and Tyson Berry, they still aren't. They still need another defensive defenseman. Uh, if they got a real good one, I think that might be what turned pushed Toronto over the top. Um, but Kyle Dubas, he's a stubborn fella, and. Uh, Seems to be quite confident that uh, he's on the right track, although uh, this morning I did hear that they figured they were nowhere near a deal. So what that means going forward for training camp, I mean, I'm sure Leaf fans do not want to see a repeat of the Nylander incident where um, you know, he didn't come back till December and he just never got it back for the year. He was too far behind and and, uh, he could catch back up. He had a horrible year, and, and that's just the way it went. Um, 
And that's those, those are the big names in the UFA and RFA market. There's still you know a couple other guys kicking around there that may pop up, but those are the biggies. Um, so looking forward, this is just going to be a short episode just to get that stuff out of the way. Uh, moving forward, we're going to start taking a look at the teams and the divisions and who went where and how things are shaping up to see who's going to compete, who's going to be the winners and losers and all that good stuff. Uh, I Rumor has it that I will be joined by somebody, hopefully, for next week. Hopefully, uh, for show one. If that is the case, we will probably start um, in the east. And we'll probably go with the Atlantic Conference. Where, of course, as you know, we've got Tampa Bay, the Bruins, Toronto, Montreal, Florida, Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa. That will be the focus for next week. We'll have a look at those teams, who they picked up, who they didn't, uh, who they've got left to sign, if that's the case, and where we think those teams are going to end up become playoff time. So that should be interesting, particularly if we get a co-host going. That would be great. Um, So that's what there is to look forward to. Uh, Just to throw it out there, uh, football last night, not much of a game. Bears look god-awful on offense. Uh, Green Bay wasn't far behind, but they did just enough to get a win. But it wasn't much of a game for the opener. Hopefully the games on Sunday are better. And we're still waiting to hear from Mr. Tom Robinson about whether we'll be getting a pick show going or not. But hopefully that's the case. And uh, if that does happen, be sure to check in. It's quite informative. And uh, with that, I'd just like to thank uh, Nate for his hard work, keeping the network up and running. And, of course, uh, Rusty Shackleford and our on-the-scene reporter, uh, Cecil Buxnard. Um, I'd also like to throw out some shout-outs there to uh, Stephen P. New Office, uh, State Classy Meeks, uh, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, of course. And um, what's the other one? There's one more. Our friends over at the TAM. Um, I'm feeling quite uh, I've forgotten the name of the campus. Oh well um, They know who they are uh, Thank them for their sponsorship And I'll get them next time in Double uh, We'll get some commercial, new commercials up and uh, running Maybe even a new intro Seeing as the old one doesn't want to work And uh, like I said Just a quick short show out to let you know what's coming up so that'll probably be next Thursday or Friday we'll uh, drop uh, season preview number two where we have a look at the Eastern Conference in general and the Atlantic Division specifically so until then thanks for listening hope to see you next week hang in there and have a great day everyone see you soon